Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my information comes from me. Other information comes from the internet. Today is January 9th, 2020. This is episode number 39. And I'm going to stick with my usual format for this episode. Um, highlighting one defensive player and one offensive player. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, today, Today's defensive player is going to be Malcolm Ray. Defensive end, 6'2", 247. Okay, again, why wasn't this guy playing? He's a speed rusher. Strong, good hands. Uh, this previous staff could not evaluate talent uh, properly. They were fixated on certain players. If this guy puts on 15 pounds, he could be he could be a monster. As always, film room and weight room a must. I see this guy taking off in 2020. Limited film on him. Therefore, no NFL comparison. Um, had to refer back to some of his high school tape for Malcolm Ray. Um, explosive. Um, six to his frame, his the his height and weight description doesn't really do him justice. He plays bigger than that. Um, you know, Malcolm Ray, Jamarcus Chapman, Quayshawn Fuller, Curtis Fan. Like I said in the previous episode, these guys have got to step up and be players. I mean, big-time players. Um, We're going to have to get a rotation going on that defensive line this year. Um, We can't just play the starters the whole game. That's what doomed us last year. So if we can get those guys to step up, I think we've got, you know, some assets. So that's all I got to say about him. Moving on to my offensive player, Wyatt Rector, quarterback, 6'4", 232. Big kid, very mobile, just like Jordan Travis, has talent that previous staff ignored. Strong arm, a true dual threat at quarterback. Needs to hit the film room to outshine other quarterbacks. Might have the best skill set of all the quarterbacks on this roster. Norvell needs to give him a serious look limited film on him no nfl comparison wyatt rector to me is a hidden gem on this roster i'm not privy to practice information but from what i saw on video this guy should get a serious look all right so when i say he might have the best skill set on the roster you have to take into consideration what we have on the roster currently Excluding Tate Rotomaker because I haven't seen anything on him yet. So, you know, why Wyatt Rector didn't get a serious look um, at quarterback, I don't know. His, his arm is way stronger than Jordan Travis's arm. Um, so... I mean, we'll just have to take the wait-and-see approach on this guy, man. I don't know 
how the previous staff was evaluating talent. But obviously it wasn't the right way or they would still be here. Um, so moving on, um, I wrote some stuff um, for the rest of this episode. And this next segment is entitled Early Enrollee. Um, I want to say it started back in December of 2016. And now it has become the de facto signing day for most recruits. Enrolling early gives a recruit a jump over other recruits other recruits who elect to enroll in, or sign in February, enrolling in May and June, the old signing day. Um, most of your top guys in college football were early enrollees. So the success rate is outrageous. The benefits... Um, of learning early can help a new guy get on the field faster. Um, getting the college level nutrition and weight room training can get a guy to his physical peak faster when he early enrolls. I think the advent of this signing period has helped teams get to elite status faster because they have more time to develop their talent. That's the whole basis for this signing period. Um, I like it and I don't like it. I like it because if your team is uh is in a rebuild, you can get these guys in faster and develop them. I don't like it because it takes away from the player. They have to come in or they have to jam everything their senior year in high school. And, you know, looking back on my senior year in high school, it was a fun time. I couldn't imagine jamming everything in that December just to go to college early. I couldn't imagine that. So, um, but for most of the guys that choose to do this, it has worked out for them the last couple years. So, to each his own, man. Um, next segment, um... If you could get three wishes from the football gods, what would it be? And, you know, I, when I invented or invented, when I came up with this, I tried to be realistic. I didn't go like, you know, I want Florida State to be the dominant team forever. You know, I was realistic. So uh, three wishes from the football gods. And number one, fix the offensive line for Florida State. Don't make the current players more talented. Just give us better offensive linemen. So if I could get like five five stars in the offensive line, that would be great. Um, or five four stars. Just give me five dominant players on the offensive line. Um, so that was number one. Number two, um, eight team playoff no committee okay five power five conference champs three group of five conference champs okay um first round of the eight team playoff would be at the rose bowl the sugar bowl the orange bowl and the fiesta bowl round two Peach Bowl and Cotton Bowl. Then my championship game would be wherever. 
All right, and obviously we we would rotate these sites around, so each place could be in round one and round two. All right, and so on and so forth. Number three, fix the quarterback situation at Florida State again via better players, not upgrading current players. All right, um. You know, I was I was hoping that James Blackman could have a breakout year. He didn't. He regressed, in my opinion. I've hyped him up in previous episodes. Um, I was wrong. You know, I'm a fan. I'm not a insider. I'm not a coach. I don't sit here and say, okay, this is a can't-miss prospect. You know, I just give my opinion, man. That's it. Um... So, three wishes from the football gods. Those would be my three wishes. What would be your three wishes? Let me know in the comments. Uh, all right, for this next one. Should independent teams be forced to join a conference? I say yes. Because the way college football is trending, um, college revenue is a big deal. With the exception of Notre Dame, who has their own TV deal. Um, I think it would benefit all teams to join a conference and do the eight-team playoff. Everyone gets a slice of the pie. Imagine BYU in the Pac-12 against rival Utah every year. I mean, they play now, but conference rivals. Um, Notre Dame in the ACC. They're in, in, they're in the ACC in, in every sport except football. And they play six games. Uh, they play six teams in the ACC in football. Um, Liberty in the AAC. I think they're tailor-made for the AAC. They got a pretty good team. Um, I love this idea. Um, I think it would make college football, um, it would make every game matter. In college football, not just for the Power Five teams, um, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be a no-brainer once this new TV deal comes up. I think it's like uh, they've got like six more years of this college football playoff, and then it's going to go up for renewal. <clears throat> I think when you see like you know the major bowls like the Sugar Bowl. You know, got tickets on sale for like five bucks. It's it's pretty much a no brainer that they're going to um you know trend that way and expand this thing because these bowls, these major bowls, are not gonna lose money. All right, for my next segment, it's gonna be um if there was a defensive equivalent to the Heisman Trophy, and this is what I wrote about that. Um, the Heisman is universally celebrated as the most prestigious award in sports. What if there was a defensive equivalent? What would you call it? Obviously, to win it, you would have to be a defensive player and dominate defensively. Um, I was really close. I was really close to calling this thing the Primetime Memorial Trophy in honor of Deion Sanders. But... Um, you know, not to be Florida State biased. I didn't do it. I thought long and hard on it. 
um, I will call it the Reggie White Memorial Trophy. Reggie White was a beast at Tennessee and in the NFL. He is everything a defensive player should be on and off the field. Um, I, would it get the same publicity as the Heisman Trophy? I doubt it. But it was it's worth a shot. Defensive guys need a trophy ceremony. Also, I know you've got some defensive player awards out there. But in my opinion, they don't hold the same weight as the Heisman Trophy. I think you look throughout the history of college football. Um, I don't think, I think Reggie White is up there in terms of the all-time greats in college football. Um, so I love this idea. Um, it'll never take off, but, you know, I was just thinking of stuff and I, I just thought, because uh, the off, let's face it, the Heisman Trophy is an offensive award. You've had one guy, one defensive guy win the thing in the, in the history of the award. And he had to do uh, punt returns. And, he, you know, he had to do something offensive to get the recognition, to get the award. So, let me know what you think about that. Um, next, I wanted to talk about a certain four-letter network that, in my opinion, has ruined sports. So, let me share what I wrote about that. Um, a certain four letter network has ruined the majority of all sports, pro football, pro basketball, college football, um, college football and baseball. But for the purposes of this podcast, I focus on college football. All the bowls are on the four letter network. It's certain shows on the four letter network. I hate like a certain show with a big mouth host. You know who it is. But I digress. Um, in particular, the college football playoff games, why do they all have to be on the four-letter network? They can't be on a certain three-letter network that the Happy Mouse owns so everyone can watch. Back in the day, network TV ruled a day, and I love it. I wish we could go back to when all the games was being uh, played on network TV. Um, you know, back in the day, everything was on network TV. You, you know, you didn't have to have, you know, the, the, uh, four letter network channel to see, um, everything. Now they have everything, all the bowl games. They even last weekend, the playoff games, one of the playoff games was on the four letter network. I just think they're, they've got a monopoly on sports, man. And I wish they would just, uh. You know, the other networks would try to take something back. So, moving on to my last topic. Does group of five football matter? I'm going to say no, it does not. Group of five football teams will never get into the college football playoff because money and politics rule the day. Crowning a true champion was never the goal when the college football playoff was invented. Um, it was only invented to draw the biggest money pile um, that they could get for one night. Um, I will say this. If a group of five team played, you know, a non-conference schedule like LSU, Alabama, Auburn, 
uh, Clemson and won all those games, they might get a look. They might. Okay? Um, it's all about name recognition. It's all about putting big-name schools in this event to draw viewer, to draw viewers. We all know what's going on. Um, so let me know what you think about that in the comments. Um, that's going to conclude today's episode. Um, this podcast is available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify Pod Podcasts. Um, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please click on one of the links in the description and subscribe to the um, podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for the tremendous support. And as always, go nose.